years old then, and brown-haired like her mother, was supposed to reply in English. Her mother not having given up on civilizing entirely, of course, just on the civilizing of strangers. And so it was that Hattie replied, naturally, in Chinese. Shamma? What? What was worth taking away? Hattie, please. Her mother waited with her freckled hands folded. Hattie? And her hands could stay like that a long time, Hattie knew. Her hands could stay and stay and stay. Hattie? Until finally, Hattie folded her hands too and said, Yes? Do you see? The dirt and grass were dusty, like the air and clouds and sun. I don't. Her mother frowned at first. But a moment later, the shade on her face drew up. There was a smile of light, and then, look, a real smile. But of course not. The shade came back down. Hattie's mother hummed. Then Hattie and her mother dutifully joined the rest of the family in their grave sweeping and clearing, though, modern people that they were, her mother and father were far more interested in who she and Darwin than in the old sage. Ritual. The five relationships— What a lot of hogwash it all was. Should women really obey their husbands as children obeyed their parents? And why could only male Kongs and their wives be buried in Chufu? That is, if they had hair, Hattie's father would exclaim. Confucius, in his wisdom, having specifically banned from the family forest the bald. Hattie's mother shook her head. It was no better than what she used to teach at the mission school, really, if not worse. Worse. Still, Hattie grew up dutifully sweeping the Chufu graves, too. Every spring, on Qingming, as well as on her ancestors' birthdays and death days. Until one day, when Hattie was fifteen, her father's mother announced a solution to the problem of Hattie having to be buried elsewhere. She'd found some distant Kong cousins willing to marry their son to a Hunchwerer, a mixed-blood isn't that good news, finished Nai-Nai. Her dry eyes that did not shine much anymore somehow shone. Outside the latticed window, even the moon seemed to brighten, and the blue night clouds. And Hattie was glad to behold that brightening, even as she was relieved a minute later to hear her mother switch to English. I will not see her married off, she said, as soon as Nai-Nai left the room. I will not. People said she was growing more American all the time, instead of less. So earnest. And now, as if to prove their point, her knuckle hit the table on I and will and not. She leaned forward, her waddly neck straining hard against her collar. She has to have a choice. More raps with has and have and choice. Hattie's father raised his smooth hand. Though his wife was the Westerner in the family, he was the one in Western clothes, pants and a shirt. He wore a length of rope for a belt and answered in English, Excuse me, teacher. He spoke softly as everyone could hear everything in their old house and tuned in too, of course. I did not know today we have class. Very funny. No, no, really. He winked at Hattie. I haven't my book. I don't have, corrected Hattie.
I don't have my book. Her mother did not even tell her that children, excuse me, did not speak to their fathers that way. You are siding with your mother, she said instead, in Chinese now, though not in the lispy, fat-tongued Qingdao dialect their family all spoke, but in Mandarin. Hattie's father nodded. I'm afraid of her, he agreed disarmingly, speaking Mandarin too, meeting his wife as if on a bridge. Wa pa ta. He winked again, sitting back on his stool. They were partners still. They were forging something together. A little family. They were partners. Two months later, though, he had stopped wearing Western clothes. He had stopped eating Western food. He had stopped reading the Bible. Family English lessons had gone up to five hours a day. And had he found herself...